Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. All right, we're moving on. First fruits, number three. So we have Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits that all occur in an eight-day time span. So three of our seven happen in eight days. So let's get into first fruits. In ancient Jewish times, the Feast of First Fruits marks the beginning of the grain harvest. This is kind of cool. This is a new thing that the Lord just taught me this week. Um, it marks the beginning of the grain harvest. Barley was the first fruit to be harvested. And um, First Fruits falls on Nisan 16 or the second day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Does that make sense to y'all? So we have Passover, Unleavened Bread begins, First Fruits is on the 16th. Uh, what we call Easter is actually the Feast of First Fruits. Um, in most likely, Easter was given that name to commemorate a pagan goddess with a similar name, Ishtar. After the destruction of the temple in 586 BC by the Babylonians, many of the Israelites were taken into Babylonian captivity. The Babylonians worshipped many gods and goddesses, and one of these was the fertility goddess Ishtar. Bunnies and eggs, etc., were symbols of fertility, and that's likely how they became associated with Easter. The roasted egg on the Seder plate is to remind the Israelites of the loss of their temple to the Babylonians. So we, we call it Easter, which is actually from this pagan goddess but it is actually the Feast of First Fruits that we are observing. In Jewish tradition, not only did the Jewish family have to prepare for the Feast of Unleavened Bread before Passover, but also First Fruits. And again, it's because of these Sabbaths and they can't work on those days. So they did a lot of prepping before these eight days. Um, the thing that they had to do in advance of First Fruits was the father would go out into his field and he would find the first stalks of barley and he would mark them and bundle them because this is going to be his first fruit offering. And then sundown of Nisan 15, because that's when it changes dates, evening and morning. So sundown on the 15th would actually be counted as the 16th. Um, yes, what would he do on that day? they would go and cut those first fruits and offer them as a sacrifice to the Lord. So days or weeks before they bundled them, this is my first fruit. And then at sundown on Nisan 15, they would go and cut those down. Today, um, there is no first fruit sacrifice because the temple was destroyed. And all these sacrifices can only be offered at the temple. Uh, Y'all have heard of the Temple Mount. Um, right now, there is a mosque called the Dome of the Mosque that is on the Temple Mount. There is no Jewish temple there. I just read an article late last night that for the first time in history, Jewish people are going to the steps of the Dome of the Mosque and being allowed to pray. Uh, that is an incredible, unbelievable thing that the Muslims in charge of the Dome of the Rock are allowing the Israelites to do that, the Jewish people. That's incredible. Um, 
but now they cannot offer sacrifices at the temple. So the significance of the Feast of First Fruits to the Israelite people is it starts a countdown to our next feast, which is Pentecost. So on the Feast of First Fruits, they begin a countdown of 50 days from First Fruits to the next feast, which is Pentecost. 50 days, that's the reason we call it Pentecost, right? So I'm going to write that down. I keep losing my marker. Okay, so for the Israelites, the significance of first fruit is the 50-day countdown. Leviticus 23, 15, and 16 says, And ye shall count for yourself from the day after the Sabbath. Sabbath, the day after the Sabbath. From that day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Um, so that begins our countdown. And then this is also called the Feast of Weeks because of the number of weeks between. So what is the principle of first fruits for us today? The idea of first fruits belonging to God is all through the Bible. Um, there are so many scriptures where the Lord says the first of every crop belongs to him. The firstborn male of all animals is to be a first fruits offering to the Lord, even the firstborn of the Israelite people. According to the law of Moses, the firstborn male was to be dedicated to the Lord's service for his lifetime and was to be presented to the priest at one month of age. A provision called the redemption of the son was made, however, if at his dedication services, his parents paid uh, to the priest redeeming the baby out of full time service to the Lord. So I want to read you another familiar story. This is Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 21. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for the purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pairing of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So this is Jesus is one month old. He's the firstborn from Mary. So they have to go to the temple and offer this sacrifice because he is their firstborn son. It's called the redemption of the son. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Simeon is there in the temple. He's waiting to see the Messiah. Baby Jesus is one month old, and here go Mary and Joseph to do the redemption of the firstborn, of the son. And Simeon came in the spirit into the temple. I don't know if you realize that, but he was there 
working, serving day after day. And the spirit said, today's the day. So into the temple he goes. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, a sword will pierce through your own soul so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phinehal of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So that precious story of Simeon and Anna recognizing that Jesus was the Christ, it is all surrounding this feast, the first fruit offering, and Mary and Joseph taking him to the temple at one month of age. So let me tell you about three other first fruit offerings that do apply to us. And that would be our tithe. The word says that we owe to the Lord. It belongs to him. We don't even own it. The first 10% of all of our money and all of our, that's a first fruit offering. And then the Bible tells us that you as a believer are a first fruit. Um, James 1.18 says of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creations. So if Jesus is your savior, you are set apart to God as a first fruit offering. Salvation and the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in you is a kind of first fruit. It is a deposit from God the Father that someday we will be fully physically reunited with him. Uh, Romans 8, 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groaning inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So the Holy Spirit in you is a first fruit deposit. You are a first fruit. And then when you pay your tithes, that is also a first fruit. First Corinthians 15, 20 says this, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So on first fruits, on what we call Easter, when Jesus rose from the dead, he is the first fruits of all of us who now we know when we die, that is not the end. And we will be reunited with Jesus because he overcame death in the grave. So Jesus um, is a first fruits offering as well. Um, something that's very interesting to me, Matthew 3, 11. says, 
Oh, I actually typed it out. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So it's interesting that first fruits to the Israelites is their grain harvest. It's the beginning of the grain harvest. So this is harvest number one. And these are first fruits, right? So the way that they did that was they would go bind it, identifying it as a first fruit, and then they come through with a sickle and offer it and cut it off. That's exactly, you are the grain. You are the grain. The word just said, you're the first fruit offering. This scripture in Matthew says, I'm going to separate the wheat from the chaff. We want to be the wheat, right? We want to be wheat. You're called wheat. You're the grain harvest. You're the first fruit offering of salvation. And we're going to see two more harvests as well. But if you're a believer, you believe in Jesus as the first fruit and that he rose from the grave. This is you. You're in this harvest. Um, the way that the priests would offer this offering, it's called a wave offering. And so they would bring that barley in and they would offer their first fruits and the priests would wave it before the Lord so that the Lord would receive the offering. So what I'm asking you to do with your card is I want you to just take a few minutes to ask the Lord what would he require of you? What are you not offering him of yourself as a first fruit offering? Maybe it's a talent that you have. Maybe it's your time. Uh, maybe it is money. Um, but ask the Lord, where am I not giving my first fruits back to you? And write that down on your card. Um, and later on, when you're alone by yourself, I just want you to spend some time saying to the Lord, I'm giving you my first fruits. And this is it. So that is the Feast of First Fruits. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.